This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've personally never tried therapy, but I've heard from friends it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Waypoint to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Waypoint. ButcherBox makes it super easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty. And ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your front door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use code WP. Today's Gearbox Talk is all about politics. Just kidding, that would be terrible. But it is election week, and things are getting a little wild around here. Here being the United States, that is. Some folks believe we may be journeying down a path of civil unrest. And in the event that happens, there's going to be two types of people. Those who think toilet paper is necessary for survival, and those who know how to provide for themselves. Don't be left standing in the apocalypse with nothing but a roll of poo tickets, people. What? Nobody knows what that is. You don't... Think people know what poo tickets are? Nothing but a roll of buttmans. Whole roll. Turd tarps. Texas towels. Fudge finger sheets. Kentucky Kleenexes. All right, whatever. When the fit hits the shan, you need to know how to survive. So for today's Gearbox Talk, I've got survivalist Laura Zara back on the show, and we're going to be talking about subsistence hunting. We're talking about protein acquisition, hunting, trad bows, trapping, firearms, and we'll see what Laura has in her bug out bag. You're going to be surprised by how lightweight it is and some of the things she has and some of the things she doesn't. This is Gearbox Talk with Laura Zara. Sarah, welcome to Gearbox Talk. Today we're going to be talking about subsistence hunting. All right, this year's been kind of crazy. 
and you know when, when there's been times when people have kind of been in peak survival mode and you're the person to talk to for advice on this so in that scenario you know when everything hits the fans there's no rules the government's gone and everybody's just freaking out trying to survive what is your approach to protein acquisition are you are you a hunter trapping or both walk us through your philosophy I'm doing any and all of it. I mean, at that point in time, it's just, it's getting as much meat as you can because you can always, you can always store it. You can always save it and you have to be opportunistic. You know, anyone who goes out hunting knows you can't always plan. I mean, you can, you can know the animal, but you can never predict exactly what's going to happen. And there's good days and bad days. So seizing every opportunity, the benefit of trapping obviously is you can have, it's almost like having these little minions that go off and do your bidding for hunting. You know, they, they're, they're working for you when you're not working. So trapping is, is amazing. Um, going out and getting a big game animal through hunting too. I mean, that's huge. You can have a ton of meat to store and then that gets you through a period of time. So both I think is the answer to that. You know, and, and again, Laura and I are not advocating hunting out of season. We're talking about a hypothetical scenario here. But in that event of, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of stocking up on some meat, how would you save that meat? Because that's always the challenge, right? Um, you know, there's a really mm-hmm. wonderful scene in that. What's that movie in Alaska where the kid goes? Oh, Into the Wild. Yeah, like he, he, yeah, he deals. Yeah, he deals with this with the moose where he shot that moose and he couldn't save the meat. Um, what, what, th- this question just kind of popped into my head. What's your approach to preserving the meat? Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you did shoot a moose or an elk or something, you know, I doubt you would have enough salt to cure out this entire thing on you. So what's yes. your approach to that? Yeah. I mean, first thing is getting it out of the sun, getting it gutted as quickly as possible, skinned as quickly as possible so it can cool down, getting it out of the sun, then cutting it into super, super thin strips, like as thin as you can go. And if I was in a primitive situation, I would just make a super smoky fire and hang the meat above it. And you want it to be, um, you know, not super hot. You want it to be low heat and tons of smoke to keep all the flies away. And it it slowly dehydrates it. And I always overdo it because I would rather have it be a little bit overdone and not spoil. Um, So yeah, just cooking it super low and slow. Very interesting. I've been reading um, the the uh, life of Daniel Boone, his and a lot of um, talking about him in the backcountry. They actually did procure their own salt, which has been an interesting thing to mm-hmm. read about. We won't go there today, but um, some you know it's kind of cool to go back and read about some of these frontiersmen and how they survived and uh, a lot of yeah. these same type of scenarios we're talking through. Um, you know, we do have more modern tools today, and I know you have a survival bag that you carry with you. Um, almost at all times, probably. Um, what, what, what are you packing around, you know, with, with some of these modern affordance, look how small that is. That's, that's my like $2 bag with like nothing in it. It's and not it, like, this like big pocket. bulky backpack. And no. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very <laughs> different than what probably I'll probably have guests on in the future, even that'll have something that's totally different than this. It's a, such a unique approach. Walk us through what's in your survival bag. I like being mobile. And if you have some massive bag, you're, you're not mobile. Um, so a lot of it's multi-purpose, but, um, first thing is a lighter, which I wrap with tape. I use this like athletic fabric tape or duct tape or something. Um, mostly cause I end up wrapping up all the blisters on my feet, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's just useful and it, it doesn't really add any weight. And I have fire paste with me because even though I know how to make a fire with two sticks with nothing, let's be honest, in the middle of a pouring rainstorm, it's just super easy to use. And it, again, weighs like nothing. Um, And then the second most important item I have is super glue. (laughs) 
So I've been wounded out there and sure we can do stitches, but that's not what you want to be doing when your hands are shaking, you have a wound, like I don't know if you get injured, like you start shaking and doing your own stitches. You, super glue works just as well. And I have like, I have a huge scar on my face, split my lip open, literally use super glue to stick it together and <laughs> it worked awesome. So um, I always go with that because you never know. Um, closing up a wound, it keeps out, you know, I mean, if you can wash it out really good. I like to imagine it creates some sort of barrier too um, from stuff getting in there. Um, and then I have a sewing kit with needles and right now I have some artificial sinew in it, but I, I have floss as well. And that's multi-purpose as well, because if my gear breaks down, I can stitch that up. Um, if I have, you know, a bag or something, clothes, whatever, um, you can use the dental floss for snares. Um, I mean, you can think of a million uses. If I did want to stitch up a wound, then I have needles and thread for that. Um, it's just all, all purpose. I mean, anything you're going to need um, some kind of cordage for, it works great. So I always carry that. Um, see what else I have. I mean, we're, we're almost to the bottom of it. I carry a piece of pea cord because you never know mm -hmm. when you're going to need it. Um, you can break this down or use the floss as fishing line. So that's great. Um, if I need a bow drill, because for some reason my lighter gets lost, then I can do that. I carry an emergency blanket because hypothermia is one of the things I deal with on a, a, a regular basis. The danger of hypothermia is just being out there in unexpected weather conditions and, um, carrying around a, a sleeping bag or a tarp is just not practical for me. So if I have this, I know that um, even if I can't get a fire going, I can keep my body heat in and um, that's really important. And then I carry a compass because I have been in whiteout blizzards where even though 99% of the time I use the landscape for navigation or markers on the landscape for navigation, being in a whiteout blizzard, you really have no idea. So uh, being able to have that and just generally knowing directions um, is important. And then I have a little packet. I have Strike Force right now, but it's caffeine. So I have caffeine and ibuprofen, Advil, something like that. Because if I get in a really bad situation and I get hurt, I'm going to want to take at least some Advil to make it less painful. And I want some caffeine give me the energy to, you know, hopefully that little extra oomph to get out. Um, and then I have a single scalpel blade, mm. uh, that I carry with me because it's so much easier to use for any small game animals or butchering I have to do than, um, my bushcraft knife, which I also take with me. Um, and a headlamp because even though I like to spend, Lots of time uh, walking in the dark so that I can do that. Um, if you're in a bad situation, it can it can go a long way. And again, I mean, it it all condenses down except for the knife into like this tiny bag that weighs almost nothing. It's awesome. So, so you're carrying like a Havilon blade or something like that without the knife. You just carry the blade? Just the blade. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I butchered a moose just with that no little blade kidding? without even a handle. Yeah. Wow. So I'm impressed. They're, they're great. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think this costs like 89 cents or something. I would have cut myself 75 times trying to do that without the, <laughs> the handle. I know this because usually with a Havilon, I cut myself at least twice butchering anything. I just get in the groove and moving fast and it always happens. Yeah. So um, I'm sure I would not fare as well without a handle. Um, I know. Maybe, maybe the handle's messing you up. I don't know. You know what? Maybe that's it. I'm going to try that this season. I'm going to throw my handle away. No, I was just telling somebody on another podcast that uh, I, he was talking about how he always brings backup of Havilons and you because you never know and I was like yeah I brought my backup of Havilons the whole freaking pouch that comes with them and then I <laughs> lost it in the field and then I had to use like a dull knife that you know just trying to get by um, so even when you think you're prepared sometimes you're not so totally sometimes you're preparing against yourself like I just was preparing <laughs> against my forgetfulness uh, I know Smart. I know you shoot like a lot of your promotional imagery is, is you with a trad bow like that plays in really mm -hmm. well to the survivalist story i know you also you know you, you shoot a, a modern hunting rifle but i i'm also just kind of curious of like your trad bow what is your preferred setup for hunting and and like what gear are you using because everybody always geeks out on the archery like this is where yeah, people love to see sure. what others are so, using so it's not strung up right now because i never leave it strong but this is my trad bow um i built it oh god probably 15 years ago now but um, it's Osage orange with a curly maple handle and it, I love it. Cause it's like, it weighs nothing. Um, the downsides are my range is not anything near what it would be for a compound. Um, I do love how light it is, but if I'm not shooting it all the time, then I won't take a shot in an animal because it's not ethical and it's not practical. So, um, I love this thing. It, it has its, its place. I learned how to hunt originally with a traditional bow, but, um, it's, you know, if I'm hunting to feed myself, it, it doesn't always make the most sense. Sure. So I, I choose what I use depending on kind of, you know, the hunt I'm trying to have. And it doesn't always make sense. Do you, now, do you hunt with a compound bow too? I do. What, yeah. What's your so, compound bow um, set up? So I have um, a Look at that. Almost, almost as if planned. On, I know. It's, <laughs> I, just, I always have them within an arm's reach. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a Hoyt. It's part of the Vixen series. Um, I was originally like, oh my god, it has like a pink string, but this <laughs> thing shoots awesome. Yeah. And it was it was kind of hard for me because I always shot traditional, and I thought it would be an easier transition to go from compound. But man, there are two different beasts. That being said, I don't have to shoot every single day, and I can still be deadly accurate. Mm -hmm. And just because of you know what it can do, I can take further shots and um it's a lot more practical in that sense but um you know it's it's different from which spot hog site do you have on there god i don't know which one is it it's a single pin i can see fodder? that okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't shot their brand um, i have a um optimizer that's pretty similar to that it's a single pin uh you know precise yardage yeah yeah so uh, I'm familiar with, with that kind of setup too. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worked great for me. I don't have a ton of experience with, you know, everything cause I've only been shooting a, a compound for two years now. So what's um, your, for, it's all kind of new for big game. Do you know, um, what, what the brand of broadheads you've been using? No, I don't. <laughs> I no idea. I wasn't, I, I was like, she's a trap bow, uh, <laughs> shooter. And she just said she's only been doing it for a bit. So I wasn't sure if you would know. Uh, I know they're not stone points like I'm used to. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no worries. Just curious. And then I know sometimes, uh, you also have a hunting rifle that you like to use for big game. Walk us through your, your hunting rifle setup. 
Yeah, so I just recently um, got this because I have been using like the craziest guns that were held together with duct tape and just, you know, a, a train wreck. And I'd always borrow them. And um, I got this, which is, um, it's a Christensen Mesa. It's a 6.5 Creedmoor. And it is like insanely accurate. Like I can't even handle how far I can shoot. I mean, I don't like taking super far shots. That being said, I can shoot so far with this thing. And I was worried because it's like not this massive round, but it's just, it's, it packs a punch mm -hmm. and um, it's great. I love this thing. So, and what's the scope that you've got on there? Um, it is a, I never know how to say it. Is it Trijicon? Trijicon? Is that the word? I don't know. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> I am. A, I am a gear snob. I. I very much know. Give me like two sticks. I'll tell you all about the trees. But um, you know what's funny is like I'm a. I'm very much a utilitarian too, and I'm hosting a, gear, a show about gear, so it's okay. You're in good company. <laughs> well, whatever this thing is, it works awesome, and um, I don't have to do anything to it, which is great because that's been a whole thing for me too. Is like I want to be using things that don't require, like me to mess around with them all the time. I mean, I've been so happy with the fact that I don't have to know this. Like, man, compound bows, there's like such, there's a, there's math involved. There's a lot. To yeah. figure it out. And so having it be simple for me is huge. And just being able to trust in that equipment is great. Yeah. If something goes wrong with my trad bow, I know how to fix it. But technology it's hard for me. Yeah. Sometimes I listen to guys, like I told you, I'd had James Nash on to talk just about broadheads and they know so much that I listen to it and I'm like, I'm never going to be good at this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I have a lot to learn, but also I'm really, you know, I'm not sure I'm ever going to know as much as some people do. And I'm yeah. so glad that they know that because I will find them and they will help me. <laughs> yeah. If it's like, if I can just soak up that top 10% of like what's truly necessary and then I'll just take their recommendations yeah. on everything else, you know, at surface level. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been great to like get to have one gun and learn how to use it and how to clean it and how you know yeah. so that i can go further down that road because i'm never going to have a hundred guns that i know everything about so i'm like if i just have one that i really love then i can just know things about that gun yeah Awesome. This was a really fun look at your approach, you know, when it hits the fan, everything you need to have. And, and I like your, like it kind of played out through everything. You know, you're mentioning in, in that situation, you want one rifle, you want one rifle that can do it all. You know, your, your, your bow set up is you want something that works. You don't want to be thinking about all this stuff in that kind of scenario. Wow. So keep uh, it simple. yeah, keep it simple. That, I like that as your, your overall motto. Thanks so much for coming on Gearbox Talk. This was a really fun, fun show. I've enjoyed all of our shows we've gotten to do with you. We'll have to have you back on to tackle some other topics. For sure. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. If you missed it, catch our other show with Basic Survival with Laura. And uh, we have a much longer show with her coming up on Restless Native, so subscribe to that on the podcast. Speaking of subscribe, you're still here, clinging to every word from this show. It's clear you're either a f you've fallen in love with Gearbox Talk, or you know maybe you've fallen asleep or made a run for more turd tarps. Either way, just subscribe to this channel. We're cranking out a show per week. I have some big name guests coming on, and we're continuously evolving. We're talking about all things hunting, fishing, survival survival, all the things that you already love. Also, if you think someone else would be interested in this show, just text it to them. All right, uh, but that's it for me today. I got to go.
Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat, all these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie.